0: But yet when they talk to each other, they're rude, they're caustic, they're mean, they don't, they're do not they not trying to support each other. One of them is cheated, um, you know, the other one is broken, feels lonely, living alone. That's a very common problem. They stop communicating, they're going different directions, so there's like no unifying. Whatever they got from the church, they didn't implement it. Mm. Because you can go to church every Sunday, you know, Facts. but unless you do the hard work, and it is hard yeah. when you are a believer, you have to, you really suffer because you see the truth about yourself, your own failings, And that's why in a relationship, you're already vulnerable. Yeah. I think when entering a relationship because you know, in the face of God, you have failed many times. You need forgiveness. Yeah. So I think everybody should enter their relationship being very forgiving.
1: What's good, everyone? Welcome back to the Roommates Podcast. Chris has started the show here, and we're just going to jump right into it. I'm very, very excited for this episode and this conversation. So please, family, welcome once again, our favorite roommate, Mary Jo Rapini.
0: Hi. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Yes. And what a dynamic conversation, topic, really. And I'm really hoping with this topic that it encourages anyone following you, mm. as well as myself, that, they, that they'll start talking about it, because it's a discussion that makes the difference, you know?
1: 100%. I think, you know, that, that, that discussion brings clarity, which brings mm-hmm. a lot of freedom, you know? So I think, you know, that's why we really wanted to have this conversation. I'm super excited about it. So we're gonna talk about submission, you know, mm-hmm. in, in, in relationships. So, you know, just kind of like, can you give us kind of like just a general definition of submission, you know, what does that look like, um, you know, as far as the, the relationships and the practices that you have seen? Um, and is that kind of role, you know, best suited for couples in today's society?
0: Well, I think overall that's the whole word submission makes people recoil and they yeah. don't like it. Yeah. And I believe the reason is because when it was first preached about, talked about in the Christian churches, which is where it really that whole concept really began to take a hold, was they, they talked about the woman submitting to the man mm-hmm. and they did not follow it up with the man's Job. Yes. So women were like, what are you insane? I'm not submitting to another human. Like the guy is my partner, my co-leader. And that whole idea really, really became offensive to women. Yeah. But in the Bible, the part that they forgot and the part that makes it easier not to submit so much, but to surrender to each other is the man was told to treat the woman with great respect and adoration as if as he does with the church and when you add that component then the woman looks at it different so oh you mean this guy is going to respect me he's going to adore me he's not going to be unfaithful to me he's going to treat me with the same reverence he treats the church being self-sacrificing bodily self-sacrificing Well, now we're talking about a whole nother thing. So I think where I see it in relationships, because a lot of my clients now that listen, that come to therapy for me are not Christian, Chris. So when they hear about this concept coming about, you know, I'm supposed to submit to her, or I'm supposed to submit to him, what I tell them both is I want you both to submit to the relationship. Mm. I want you to make self-sacrifices to make the relationship better. So in other words, you're and God is part of that relationship. So in a very real sense, you're both submitting to God because he is basically part of the design of the relationship. And I think that is working for couples much better than if they think they have to give up for their partner or go along with something they think is offensive or wrong or
1: whatever. Well, as you were talking, I, mm-hmm. I thought about um, just what, you know, some conversation I have with women, you know, like why is submitting to a man so scary or mm-hmm. so kind of just like foreign in the sense where it is is extremely, extremely hard for women to do?
0: Well, and that's a really good question. I think it's, I think it's multi-part. I don't think there's one reason. I think the first thing is, is that most couples getting married now or being in a relationship are, the woman is working and making as much money as the guy. So she, and she's educated. So in these, when this was said in the Bible, even though it's for us, you know, we all read the Bible and we apply what it says to today, it seems almost going backwards mm. because I know when I was looking for a partner, I wasn't looking for someone that I would need to surrender or submit to. I was looking for someone who I could help, who we could work together and help each other become a better, a better um, couple, if mm. you will. Like I was looking at the survival of the relationship. And when women, when you talk about women submitting to a guy, they're looking at most of the men they dated who are like not working, not helping out at home, living with a parent, not able to take responsibility. They're blaming other people. And honestly, Chris, you'd have to be somewhat not thinking clearly to Mm. submit to someone like that because they're gonna drag you down the same hole. If if a guy isn't self-aware, and if he's not really following, if he, if he wants this rule because he's such a good follower of God, or he's got a close relationship with God, then he can't just walk, talk the talk. He has to walk the walk, mm. too.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think there is a level of, like, you have to ho- uphold yourself to a certain standard for a woman to want to submit to you, you exactly. have to give her a reason.
0: I think I think that word is used as a sense of control, and in my field with psychology, and in many women's experience, it's controlling means abusive. Yeah. And so they see it as a form of abuse. So if I were if I were talking to a couple right now. I would—that's why I like the concept of submitting to the relationship, because the guy is still going to do the biblical part of being self-sacrificing for his wife, but except he's going to do that in a sense that he is going to self-sacrifice for his wife through the relationship— and the wife is still going to surrender or submit, getting her way all the time and doing what is best for the relationship, which will have a very real part of what is best for him, too. Yeah. And when you submit to the relationship and God's part of it, I just think in that sense, it's getting the same concept without without running the risk of being abused. Yeah. Or led down a rabbit hole.
1: Agree. I, I think that's what God really designed us, you know, especially if men's role is supposed to love their wives like Christ loves the church. Mm-hmm. That means they're supposed to really lay down their life for your wife and for your family. Right. You know, so that <clears throat> that requires a level of responsibility mm-hmm. and a level of love and care for your wife and for your family. And. If we as men are called to be that, that means we're supposed to really just be sanctified. We're supposed mm-hmm. to have our characteristics, our behavior, supposed to emulate God, supposed right. to emulate Christ. And I believe that if you could really find a person like that, you know, a man that is striving to be that role. I, I do believe that women have the ability, at least more likely to submit under that kind of person rather than, like you said, the controlling person or just this, this, this guy that, you know, you probably just met or barely don't even know. And I do think that most of those times when we hear these bad stories of submissions, mm-hmm. of abusing homes, you know, um, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't believe those men are in a system of accountability. Right. You know, I believe that whole relationship is just isolated you know, nobody's really know what's going on behind closed doors in a sense. But if you're in a sense of account of, of a if you're in a system of accountability, in my opinion, I believe the best system of accountability is the local church, then you you have that ability to be, you know, held accountable, you know, have that sense of responsibility and be held checked because you're getting fed and you're getting equipped by other people and you see other examples of of beautiful marriages. So if you, do you believe that women will be more accepting of submitting to a role or submitting to a man if they understand the proper role that God had designed like that God designed men to have in their relationship?
0: I think if the couple is praying together and they're talking about what submission means for their relationship? Because, you know, I've heard a lot of men say, well, submission, you're supposed to submit to me, that means have sex with me when I want it. You're supposed to submit to me, that means, you know, when I say something, you agree without any backtalk. You, I, um, you're supposed to submit to me, and that means that I'm the head of the host. And they take that to a controlling degree. I think that is more... Um, more dangerous. Yeah. And when people talk about, you know, God and Satan, I think there's even an element of Satan or badness in that. And mm-hmm. I would certainly never, this is one reason or one caveat I see with this word of submitting, because one one couple's submission does not hold true that that's exactly what it means for another couple. Mm-hmm. In other words, there's no universal language that I know of of what submission is. Mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of guys especially really love that the church protects them. If When I talk to my men clients, Chris, when I ask them what they want in a, in a woman, and these are men who go to church and who believe in, you know, they're Christian men and they, they are very, you know, they want to improve their relationship with Christ. What they'll tell me is, I just want a woman who's on my side. And then I'll say, well, explain what that is. And they'll say, somebody who is supporting me, that I know they have my back. When I'm having a downtime, they, they, you know, they're they not harassing me or making me feel worse about it or reminding me of past mistakes. They're basically telling me, you know, I believe in you. I know you can do this. We're together in this, yeah. you know. We... We have a relationship based on love and trust and God. This is what the guys are telling me they want. It has, they have nothing to say about submitting and sex or submitting and I get the last word or any of these things. So I, I think a lot of times the word submission gets taken out of context, and it has made it very difficult for women following the church and listening to this passage to even to even you know accept it, or to even think, take time to think about it, because the church also did not go into enough explanation, telling men what their part was.
1: One hundred percent. How can <clears throat> women, I, I guess, lower that anxiety, stress, or that risk factor of kind of choosing the wrong person to submit to? Because I, I, I think it's kind of like. Um, it's kind of interesting because like the guy can can really live self sacrificingly you know in in the initial dating phases Mm -hmm. but you know there's always a risk and I think men and women can play that they can kind of switch up in marriage Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like how can that how can we lower that kind of risk so that people can be comfortable in their roles you know going into the marriage.
2: Yo, what's good, everybody? We're going to take a quick pause from this week's amazing episode to talk to you guys about our amazing sponsors over at Skillshare. Guys, Skillshare is a real A1, day one from the roommates, and we absolutely love Skillshare because they are a unique online learning community where men and women can learn all types of creative and entrepreneurial skills. Man, so many men for the past years and the roommates have been learning, have been blossoming, have been transforming from Skillshare because not only do you get the first month free to test it out, but Skillshare has such a vast library of courses, of resources that you guys can be able to tap into today. Go to Skillshare.com slash roommates and take advantage of this opportunity. Guys, on the podcast, we meet so many amazing men and women who are so talented, but they didn't get their skills overnight. They had to master these things and Skillshare gives you all the resources that you can be able to master your best self and tap into your full potential. So do not delay. Get on Skillshare today. Go to Skillshare.com/roommates. Trust me, you'll thank us later. And let's get back to this week's episode.
0: Oh man, I'm so glad you asked that because that's where we really get into problems with modern dating. Sex has become recreational, and if you listen to music. And if you listen, like look at influencers and, you know, if you're if you're looking for a good man and you decide, you know what, I'm going to go with my faith, my, you know, I'm going to go to Bible studies. I'm going to meet someone who really treats me well. It's so easy to talk the talk, but what women have to do is they have to start really watching that person, Mm. really, really watching for when they walk the walk too. And really, you know, holding off with, you know, maybe having sex, holding off with the intimacy part, holding off with trying to be sexy and more looking at, you know, what your goals are, what your, is this guy including you in talking about the future? Is this guy afraid to commit to you? Or is this guy... You know, talking to you about, you know, wanting to start a family and wanting, you know, wanting to follow, you know, make sure the relationship is, you know, in front of God and friends. They're not just going to have it be something that they do on the weekends or, you know, mm. I, I think so much of this is about educating women and guys about what to look for.
1: I was going to ask you, what, what what should guys look for in kind of a uh like characteristics and behavior of a woman, you know, that that they can be able to submit to in the role that, you know, I feel like they need in their life.
0: Yeah, man, that's a great question. I, I mm-hmm. think guys are so seduced visually. Mm. So the fact that she has to look good is right away when you say, oh, man, she looks really good. Maybe she's showing cleavage or she's showing, you know, other parts of her body that are very, very attractive to a guy they get overwhelmed with that and I think remembering that if you want a really good person none of the traits that are going to matter long term in a in a solid relationship have to do with looks I mean yes there has to be a chemistry so they have to look they have they have to do something to you to make you feel like wow I'm attracted to them but most of the things that really matter are, you know, how honest is this person? How transparent? How how does this person treat you? Do they treat you like a boy or or like a man? Yeah. Do Are they authentic? Do they say, do they need, like when they're out with you, do they just want to take pictures that they can post? Or are they really there for you? Are they really looking at you? You know, how are they going to be... As far as you know, being kind to others, are they kind to others? Yeah, you know, I think things like that matter so much.
1: A hundred percent. It's it's very interesting because there's not, like you said, a at least I, I know I feel like there is in the Bible in a certain extent, but there's not in like a modern sense of like, okay, this is what a submissive role looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, this is what the like a submissive woman looks like. This like character mm-hmm. characteristics and behaviors. This is what a, a man that that deserved that kind of level of submission. Mm-hmm. This is what his behaviors is characteristics. So kind of everybody's kind of left to their own kind of interpretation or experiences or uh, knowledge that they gain from, you know, books, podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. So with that kind of gumbo, in a sense, there's mm-hmm. a lot of just confusion. That's what's going on. And a lot of kind of just murky waters. I think it's a lot of clashing between mm-hmm. men and women. How can we come to a common ground where if we do understand that this is what God designed us to kind of live as far as man and a woman, mm-hmm. and we do feel like that this, is, this design is best practiced under a certain system, what is the next step as, you know, men and women to really kind of move towards that versus, you know, what's going on right now?
0: Well, you know, I've always said in every one of my lectures and when I'm talking to clients, the most important thing in a relationship is the friendship. Mm. And I, you referred to submission, but I have not heard one guy ever tell me he wanted a woman to be submissive to him. Mm. He wanted a helper. Gotcha. And I think helper, when I looked at submissiveness in um in like when i go back to languages submissiveness is really derived from the word or one of the words that is that is part of that or synonymous with anom- or you know similar synonymous, yeah, yeah, synonymous yeah, yeah. with that is to be a helper and so if i think about it like that being a helper basically means that guys want to know that whoever is joining them the woman that they choose to be with is going to be working with them not against them. Mm. And I think a lot of guys many times when I when I counsel with them they tell me that their that their wife or their girlfriend almost acts antagonistic. Mm. Like they completely when the guy is having a hard time instead of being a helper they work in a sense of of basically reminding them of other times they failed. And so they continue to kind of, you know, when you're down, the the last thing you need is somebody throwing more mud in your face. You want somebody who is on your side, who believes in you. And that's part of that partnership, which is why I'm going to take it back full circle to the concept of submitting or or sacrificing for the relationship. Right because I don't think our generation understands the importance of sacrifice, yeah. of being willing to sacrifice what you want, your goals, for the benefit of the relationship. Yeah. For example, when you have children, somebody is going to have to stay home. And in my family, in my relationship, it was... You know, my husband made more money than I did. So we looked at it purely with that. Who can who can afford this relationship? Who can make payments? And who is more likely able to maybe work flexible shifts or, you know, be home with the kids? Well, that was my part. And so basically that's how we split it. But now we have dual incomes and people not really getting married. They're living together. And this makes everything more complicated. Like, who is going to sacrifice? And if she sacrifices, she says, well, you know, I'm actually making more. So he should stay home with the kids. There's a lot of literature supporting that guys have a harder time staying home with kids. Their mental health does deteriorate more than women's and part of that although not all of it there's still a lot we don't understand part of that is because women are better networkers when they stay home they're better able to reach out and talk to others and get and get that connection whereas guys when they're home they're used to working and they have so much social social pressure that they're supposed to be providing Mm -hmm. and so it's going against the stream it's very difficult for them unless they have a support group or something like that
1: it's very interesting that you mentioned um that men want the helper um in in kind of the Trinity, you know, you have God, mm-hmm. you got Jesus, and you got the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit oftentimes is known as the helper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in that kind of order, when you have God at the top, Jesus in the middle, and the Holy Spirit, yes. you know, at the bottom, it, it, it's a subordination authority level, but there's no inferiority basically right it's a
0: circle it's a circle yeah yeah
1: they're all i think my pastor i can't remember what the greek word was but they're all made of the same essence in a sense you know they just have different roles Mm -hmm. and i believe that that kind of design is also the same way in marriage in a sense because man is supposed to submit his life to jesus right so it's like if you submit your life to jesus you are practicing a living sacrifice mm-hmm. you know you are you're making lordship decisions you're being obedient in certain things where it's kind of like if you want this role you know from a woman if mm-hmm. you want a woman to submit to you kind of your authority then you should be able to know exactly what that looks like because you're called to submit under jesus authority yes you know so it's kind of like we're all called to submission in a sense if you're a follower of jesus and with the woman being, you know, the helper, mm-hmm. that doesn't make her more, that doesn't make her inferior to mm-hmm. it. You know, it's, it's, I think that's a lot of, of the misconceptions, what's going on as well. And I believe that if they can really, <clears throat> if we can really understand that kind of level of, of authority and, mm-hmm. and subordination, then you understand that the guy is supposed to live sacrificially for you. So right. a lot of a lot of the things that people be probably having like marital issues or relationship issues might be a lot of just kind of like, I wouldn't say not perspective not the preference. Yes. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like if in order of preference, I, I'm be honest with you, I'm just preferred what my wife has to say. Right. So it's a lot of things in, in, in the relationship, in the home that she probably going to get because I'm probably focusing on anything. And it's like, I prefer you to kind of take over that role anyway in that essence, I'm submitting to you in that regard. And I'm living self sacred you know, fighting for you. So it's kind of like I'm going to the world, providing for you, trying to lead you spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, try to lead the family, right? And then also just being under a system of authority as well. And so it's kind of like you can't ask for what you want and then also not be able to practice it as well. And I think that's a huge missing point like component and key to this whole submission thing you know because it's like if you understand what a true follower of Jesus looks like then you understand that that's part of the role as a man to do so as well so you have to be able to see kind of like those characteristics and behaviors that he practices out and I do believe that will open up your heart more to be able to submit somebody because he's supposed to love you like Christ loved the church and Christ died for the church.
2: That's right. You know that's what
1: I mean? Right. So that's, a, it's a, it's a level of commitment. And also like, like you said, the living sacrifice part, like it's mm-hmm. like, like making continuously sacrifices for one another, for the relationship, both man and for the woman. But we live in a society that's all about, you know, get mind and take and exactly. feelings and emotions. So in in that essence of the, we are supposed to be living sacrifices for people to 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 constantly you know not think about ourselves and not focus on ourselves on, on on wants and needs. How can we as society learn to develop those characteristics for our relationship?
0: Well, I and I really like that. I what I hear a lot of is people get into a relationship and they're like. They set it up before they ever get in a relationship. Like I'll ask, I'll ask a client, "What are you looking for?" Well, you know, most of them start out with the physical attributes, and then I want this somebody who, you know, um, is willing to have kids with me. Somebody who's willing to do their fair share part. I when I ask guys what they want, guys will say, "I want a woman who stands by me." who will help me, who will bear my children if they're going to have kids, and who basically respects and believes in me. When I ask women, they're like, I want someone who will stand by me, be faithful to me, Mm. commit to me for the rest of my life, like if we say, till death do us part, and who will be a good father and help share the emotional load. Mm. And now those are very important things. Where I see a lot of relationships break down is in that component. What is a shared emotional load? I mean, that means guys are going to be vulnerable. That means they're going to open up. They're going to talk. And so when we start this whole thing about self-sacrificing and what that looks like, well, what that really looks like is if you're willing to risk your life to save this person then that means you know like Christ he bared his heart and soul yeah. and guys are going to have to be willing to do that like you can't clam up mm. you can't you can't shut down or withdraw and women can't either like women have got to learn how to be how to be vulnerable how to be intimate because a lot of women will say I want him to open up but when he does open up they tell him why he shouldn't feel that way, mm. and that's not being that's not being helpful. Yeah. That's not going to get them to open up more yeah. or anything else.
1: It's, it's very interesting that you bring up that point. You know, I, I believe that that's very true. As a man, you're supposed to have some level of inclusion, you mm-hmm. know, with your woman. You know, as far as vulnerability, what's going on, mission, mm-hmm. purpose, and things like that. You know, and if it's hard for that man, it may be some, you know, maybe some resentment, some past experiences, mm-hmm. some unhealed trauma. You know, but also I think what's probably a lot of these men is, you know, they're just not following God. Because if you if you follow God, that's what you're supposed to do. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 part of repentance. It's a part of accountability. Mm-hmm. It's a part of responsibility. And it's like if you're going to um if you're practicing accountability and repentance that requires a level of opening yourself up right you know and, and that's exposing a lot of the the dark desires that you may have mm-hmm. the thought process some unhealed trauma some mm-hmm. addictions that you're probably still struggling with and if you're practicing that as a single person mm-hmm. you know it, it's kind of setting yourself up for marriage right. because in a sense you're not supposed to like you know i wouldn't say y'all supposed to like, you know, talk about y'all sins to each other. I think you're supposed to have that with a whole different group or anything. But you at least get the principle of including, you know, your woman because you understand that that's a level of, that comes with following God Mm -hmm. in a sense. So, and I do think that if, those women that and i've been in in, in relationship experiences and, and appreciate on the other on the other side as well where when you be vulnerable it's kind of like got kind of got thrown in your face mm-hmm. or you know you, like they they make it they now they look at you weaker you right. know it was kind of like i i tried it and kind of backfired on me you know in a sense they probably now understand the gospel too because right. it's kind of like that's a part of the walk as well so when when someone is, you know, opening their heart to me showing their vulnerability side, it, it, it's supposed to click to the point where it's like, okay, this this is, you know, our relationship, our marriage is supposed to mirror the gospel. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to mirror that self love, that sacrifice, that kindness. And I understand that you're not perfect. I understand that you have feelings and you're and you're struggling, but. You know, because of the grace and love that God shows me and forgiveness and all those things, I'm not going to hold that against you. You know what I mean? I'm not going to um, let that like, doubt or anything like that creep in my mind. And if it does, I'm going to pray about it. But at the same time, I'm still going to give more towards you because at the end of the day, that's what Jesus did um, for us. So I think that there's a level of a personal accountability part where, you know, people, if they say that they're Christians and following God, that in order, if you want a man to be openness and be vulnerable to you, then you have to make sure that you're doing that yourself as a follower and you understand the principles of that. And if a man having a hard time understanding and accepting that, then he has to really look at you know his view on the gospel because it's we're called to kind of do that and uh we're called to do that as as men because you know I think even Jesus in his walks and you mm-hmm. know during his time on earth he was sensitive and he was very connecting you know and he was very sensitive towards women i think a yes. lot of people don't uh don't really uh understand that that his character and his behavior towards women was always gentle loving and kindness cuz he understand that "Quote unquote, women may be the weaker vessel," you know. What I mean, yeah. so it's kind of like that's something where you know Jesus understand that. And I think as men, we're supposed to be, we're called to be like that. So we're supposed to use you know those same characteristics and behaviors and practice in us today as well. So understanding, you know, kind of just all of that and mm-hmm. and and some of the the pros and cons and some of the the, the risks of relationships and marriages like do you feel like like submission kind of us kind of go on a history lesson like submission or relationships back in the day like back in mm-hmm. you know before the internet before you know sex was crazy maybe even before birth control and mm-hmm. things like that you know what what were what marriages look like and did they have a role of submission and was it successful comparable to the relationships that we're in today
0: I overall, relationships are healthier today because in the past, you know, you referred to something that Jesus knew that women were the weaker vessel. Mm-hmm. I see, I never saw that part of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I think women are not as physically strong as men, but I think many men um, believe that women are not as physically or as strong in their mind as men either. And that's that's a fallacy because mm. I think if anything, the two brains, the man's brain and the woman's brain work beautifully together, but they're very different. Testosterone makes men focus on one thing usually. Their focus is incredible. Whereas women's focus is not like that. Women, when they look at their brains, They have all kinds of networks. Like, it's amazing. Mm. So when those two work together, they help each other. I think in the past, what happened is it was a true man's world because it was a physically violent world. And so you needed a man. You needed a man for protection and to survive. Like, look at the widows in the Bible. That isn't true anymore. And so what's happened, it's liberated couples the biggest caveat to in my view to modern sex or modern relationship that's really making it complicated is recreational sex
1: Mm, let's talk about it
0: because what's happened is we've now not made sex is no longer sacred or you have to create a sacredness with it otherwise it's recreational and on a on a second date when you meet somebody on match or harmony or what it wherever you go by the second date they have already made it clear that let's have sex like yeah. that is and when that is so close in a relationship it's going to destroy it chris yeah. and there seems to be back in the old day or in historically what made relationships so strong was everybody had a role it might have been a role That you were very um, coerced, or you were, you know, basically repressed, but you had a role, and that identity gave people security. Mm -hmm. Now there's no security, and if you, when you talk to people who date a lot, they're all miserable. Yeah, I mean, they just all everybody when they finally find someone and they settle down, they're like. I'll do anything, just don't make me date again. <laughs> like I'll do anything to keep it together, because yeah. I just don't want to go through that process.
1: Why do you think recreational sex is hindering us um, for you know having lasting, fulfilling relationships? I think I think it's the same same thing.
0: Because mm-hmm. it stunts the growth. The relationship can't grow. It it can't get any. It cannot. It cannot establish roots which it talks, it alludes to it in the Bible in mm-hmm. several different passages. But for a relationship to last, to endure the tough times in life, and there will be tough times, it needs deep roots. Some of those grow just with time and your own personal growth, but many of them grow for people that prolong having sex. Like they start the relationship. I think there's a good a good rule that I tell all my couples do not have intimacy for at least six months. Mm. And if I had my way, I would say at least a year or until you're engaged. Yeah. I, I truly would because I think once people have sex, they also carry with them the potential to just make it like it didn't work out. Yeah. It just didn't work out. Yeah. And then they let it go. and.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think I think God calls us to do that. I think that's what he kind of designs because of what we're going through, honestly, mm-hmm. today. I think that, you know, when when sex become less sacred mm-hmm. and, and less about, you know, the commitment, yes. you know, and, and the spiritual component, then it becomes very recreational. That's when things become dangerous. And, you know, we kind of, we're living in a society that's full of that right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and I do believe that you know, obviously getting convicted and stuff is kind of like if you're if you're going to follow God, you kind of have to follow all of the rules that's in the Bible yeah so I think a lot of people you know ignore that part you know because of society and you know, whatever mm-hmm. personal reasons, and I think that if they try it to do it the culture's way, you know we see a lot of marriages failing and we see a lot of uh just kind of like single parent homes and mm-hmm. and a lot of uh stds rising a lot mm-hmm. of pregnancies you know um and all of those things because we kind of made sex a recreational thing versus you know a a covenant you know kind of like finalization of where it's like this is how we kind got a commitment to each mm-hmm. other you know so in a sense I, I I don't know how you feel about this but I definitely think that as a society we we I, we're called mm-hmm. to really abstain up until until marriage because we can develop that friendship mm-hmm. you know because we can lay down the, the the roles and what does that actually look like you know because we can we can establish a set of a system of accountability what does that look like for 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 us and we can also establish just kind of like where we're going and like what what's our overall mission what's our overall purpose and I think when sex is in in included in that during you know those initial phases i think a lot of emotions and feelings can start coming up and that's where things can get extremely murky do you do you like so with the successful marriages and and relationships that you have seen you know what percentage or uh yeah what percentage of them have waited you know six months you know or to a year or even to marriage that's um that's making them successful
0: Oh, I, I think of the successful marriages I've seen, many of them just were able to, they had really good communication skills. I would say most people within, people who have been married within the last 10 years, the majority of them did not wait. Mm. So, and some of them are successful now, but you know, you're looking long term and the divorce rate is staying right where it's always been and people are getting married later so it starts making you believe hmm so people are getting married later and even then they're not committed and i think the whole idea of abstaining from sex or saying to your partner listen i i think i i think i really i really care about you and i think you you're quickly becoming one of my best friends and I want to see where this will go. So I want to continue the friendship. I don't want to have sex. When people say that, what they tell me is that their partner will leave. Mm. And this is, this is one of the big problems when you are with someone and you're not really discussing it and talking about how important it is. When you say that, I mean, a guy or a woman might voice something along with that or agree with you until it comes time to walk the walk. And then they'll often find another reason. Well, I'm really committed to you and I don't think I need to prove it by abstaining from sex. I think we can have sex and be fine. But it's really, I mean, you know, a lot of women, when a guy won't commit to them, they make a lot of excuses why. Well, He has issues at home or he, but I tell all these women, when, when a guy loves you, when he sees you in his future, they are not shy and they are not like, they're not going to have other reasons. If they really love you, if they really care about you, they are not afraid to commit. Yeah. And I think that's true, but yet so many guys are not ready to commit. And, and so women have started now giving guys excuses, like why they won't, making, making up stories. And the truth is, the guy is still not ready to stop shopping. Yeah, You know, and so I, I think this is another reason I think you really should abstain from sex, because mm. otherwise you're going to be just another stop along the way. Wow, and then and then they get angry, yeah. and then they take that anger and they act it out on the next person they date.
1: Wow, you know, I I, I thought of something as you as you were saying. Like, do you? Are, are, I'm sure there's times that women will use sex to keep a man.
0: Oh, all I Chris all the time. Why? I think I think that happens so much because women are led to believe, or women think. That if they don't have sex with them, the guy will leave. And when everybody around them tells them, then that shows you they weren't committed to you. They cannot face that truth. Mm. They just can't face that. And so they.
1: So they just give into it. Why, they just why give is it so it? hard for them to face that truth that the guy just d- didn't want them?
0: I think for women, they're so invested and then they start looking at the time they wasted and they start feeling like they were duped or led on and it makes them feel worse about themselves. They want to believe that this guy really does care about them and that's why they want to have sex. I I think when a man loves you, and I I've, I've been in love with other men before I got married, and I have to say, I have a lot of faith in men because the men who loved me, I knew they loved me. Mm. I knew they loved me because they were willing to wait. I told them it was important to me, and um, I was raised in a fa- in a Catholic family, and I really believed it that you know sex was sacred, and I've mm. always kept that belief. I still do. And as a sex therapist, that is not an easy thing to do because our society has equated femininity or being strong as being able to be even with the guys
1: so the guy yeah.
0: yeah so the guys can have sex so with whoever they want so women can too but honestly neither of us are wired for that women aren't wired for that and men aren't either this whole thing about oh you know boys will be boys and just sow their wild oats The more guys dated and had sex, the less likely they were to be satisfied in a monogamous relationship with one person. Mm. And so men need that training, too. They need to know every time you have sex with somebody else, you're forfeiting a real chance that you will be happy in a monogamous marriage, mm, mm-hmm. which is what most guys, in the end, want. Yeah, they want a marriage where they can father children and have a wife who loves and
1: adores them. Where does the accountability like start or meets? Because as a man, I mm-hmm. do feel like, I'm, and, and like I said, this may be just all feelings, but I do feel that if the relationship is going to abstain from sex up until marriage, I believe the men have to lead that. I think there's going to be, you know, times that the woman, in their feelings and emotions, they probably going to try. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And vice versa too. But I do feel like the man must stay, like, you know, he must stay in his conviction and make sure he he lasts all the way through. Now, if a woman is dating a man and they kind of talked and, you know, courting each other and they kind of agreed upon like not having sex or whatever, but he's kind of pressing forward, you know, when, like when you do or how should women kind of just say no to that and stay in their kind of courage and the conviction because, you know, they understand the dangers and implications if they do decide to kind of let them in. No pun intended. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I,
0: well, first of all, I think what you're saying is so wonderful, but I think it's idealistic. Because sure. the I love it that men would t- step up and take control of that. But, you know, there's a reason. There is a birth control pill that men could take, but society doesn't impress it on men. And the reason they don't is society works to raise men who aren't responsible. mm and so for a guy to be responsible and say, listen, I care about you and I would love, I want this relationship to work, but it is very important to me that I abstain from sex to ensure that. And, and I don't want to, you know, I don't want, yet I don't want to hurt you. So I just want you to know where I am. If guys would say that, that would be so refreshing. But Chris, that takes a lot of guts and a guy who, who says that has to be really convicted to their faith. I know several guys like that, but it is unusual. And so I usually really encourage couples to talk about it on the third date, you mm-hmm. know, or whatever date you start feeling like, okay, you know, they're talking about sex. They want sex. Bring it up then. And I think women should just be upfront and honest about it and say, listen, this is this is very important to me. And I I especially like it when it's said under the connotation. If it's a third or fourth date, then that person already knows that you really care about them. You've gone back three or four times. It's a perfect time to say that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I definitely, you know, just even personally felt that conviction mm-hmm. because kind of just um, doing it my own way. And I just feel like if God. God made rules and guidelines and, and kind of just kind of barriers for us for a reason. And right. I think that if we go outside of those barriers, we can get into a lot of potential trouble. Mm-hmm. And to to me, it, it makes the most sense to really kind of just follow that guideline. So you, you will know the person's true character and, and mm-hmm. behaviors and why they're here Yes, versus kind of just giving a, uh, I mean, just giving given up yourself in that regard, you know, it's a lot of risk involved. Mm-hmm. And I think there's, there's a lot of things that, you know, we kind of downplay it mm-hmm. or are, uh, what's the word that used to it, not really used to it. Casual. Um, casual, we make yeah. It casual. We make it so casual to the point where it's like we 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 think it's just so normal and it's not really hurting and affecting mm-hmm. us. You know, but every relationship that I was in that we were having sex, it you know, eventually it went to some kind of emotional destruction mm-hmm. because sex was involved. The moment when, you know, that kind of happened, that's when things kind of changed, you know, and I think just even, you know, not really making God at the center, you know, it's kind of just like really just, you know, us serving each other. I think that it it, it created a environment where it could fall apart because we're, it's really feelings, emotional and physical based versus, you know, that spiritual connection component mm-hmm. that's going to last, you know, throughout the lifetime. So w- realistically, we got people here Christians, non-Christians, you know, they they can understand that that sex changes the relationship. You know, it, it, it can right. definitely, you know, hinder and it can cause all kinds of confusion. And I know you said that, you know, talk about on the third day, wait six months to a year up until engagement if you can, you know. But are people really going to do that? Like, are, are people really, really going to make those personal kind of dedication to themselves to, to see it through, you know, or are we going to kind of just continue kind of just down the same path we're on right now?
0: Boy, that's a really good question. And I I just, I you know, I don't know. I think it's going to continue. I do still meet couples who are, you know, there is, there is a push more now to be self-disciplined and self discipline means that you realize you're responsible for the choices you make and i think making a choice i mean sex is not a basic need mm. it is it is a desire it is a way of expressing intense feeling it is a way of feeling cleansed it's a way of feeling better you know so many So many of us have made it like a basic need. And then women get older and they're still single and they're like, well, I have a right. I can have sex when I want to. Sure, you can. But then don't blame the other person when you have to face the consequence. And any time you let someone into your body or you enter another body, there will be consequences. Some of those consequences are great. You'll feel closer, you'll feel loved, you'll feel so good about the connection, but there's also the downside. Asking for consent is going to be a big part of that, but also what does that relationship mean to you? Mm. And, and you may felt, you may have felt fine with it, but do you know what the other person felt with it? Yeah. Do you really know what it meant to them? Yeah. Because I can tell you, even though people act like it's casual, for most of us, it is not. Oh, yeah. It is deep. Definitely not. It is meaningful, and it is one of the most intimate things you can possibly do with 100%. another person.
1: Especially if they like the person. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, especially. You, you
0: don't get any closer than that.
1: Yeah, 100%. There are people, you know, men and women, that have... <clears throat> they're single now they've probably been having sex mm-hmm. for so many years you know mm-hmm. let's just say 10 20 15 years whatever right and it's kind of like they're listening to this and say okay if i abstain from sex i can get x and y and z benefits mm-hmm. you know but it's a habit nowadays for a lot of people mm-hmm. you know yeah. Dana, some of them <clears throat> probably is an addiction and i think even for me i am be honest with you it's the, the struggle. I mean, sex, not having sex is a struggle. It's really mm-hmm. missing the intimacy. I think right. a lot of people are like, Exactly.
0: That's what they, that's mm-hmm. what, like,
1: I would, the things I would do for a cuddle marriage of, I yep. promise. Yep. But <laughs> well,
0: that's what, I mean? what, that's what all my guy clients tell me. I, you know, I miss just the intimacy, her touching me, him caressing me, whatever it is. It's, it's the intimacy of being connected with someone that you're sharing a life with.
1: How can or, we, like, because I think that's a huge deal, and I think a lot of people are going to, it's like a huge mountain to climb over. Yes. In what ways, if we can kind of go back and forth, how they mm-hmm. can have healthy distractions, in a sense where it's like, okay, we understand that this is hard. Mm-hmm. You know, this is something that's going to be very difficult. Right. This is something that is is, is going to require probably both of you all to re- make mm-hmm. sure y'all hold each other accountable you know, what are they supposed to do in the meantime? Especially in, in let's start with single people. Right. And then we can go to relationships relationship. So like you just say a single person in their mid thirties, been having sex, you know, for a mm-hmm. long time. Now they're not going to have sex. How, what are some healthy distractions that they can do kind of in order to kind of relieve that pain in a sense?
0: Right. Well, I don't know if anything will really <laughs> ease the urge, but I true, do true. think things like, creating anything creative i know people who have become incredible bakers incredible musicians incredible artists i think working out helps i think doing things together like getting involved in a project with this person you know volunteering for you know habitat for humanity or whatever option it is I think the more you do your self work, like to become a better partner Mm. with areas that aren't in line with sexuality, like where did you come from? What messages did your parents give you about marriage? And I mean, though, really thinking about what is your idea of marriage? Um, Why do you hold back from giving, from making your partner happy by doing one simple thing every day? Mm. So many people, there's so many things we do without thinking about it and i think just trying to work on those aspects is going to go a long way and i'm a big believer in physical touch mm. but you just have to have a, a line yeah, like you have a barrier. okay we're going to after the, we're going to stop with this you know yeah. because we want and i know so many couples that when they got married they were already having sex so when they got when they decide to get married for nine months or during the engagement they abstain from sex mm. so that it Y'all would that be before. special on their wedding
1: day. I heard that before I, I, to add on to what you said. I think the gym is Lord. They thank, thank the Lord for the gym because yes. it's definitely helping me mm-hmm. um, for sure. <laughs> I would say uh, uh, to add on to that kind of like similar to what you said, just mission and purpose. Yes. I think that, you know, if you can have a set of, kind of just focus and you know you got some work to get done it's like man i, I got i got x y and z i mm-hmm. need to accomplish this i got to do this first and a lot of that time can be healing from the past right a lot of that can be care to development you know some of that stuff can be spiritual health or whatever but i do think it's even biblical mm-hmm. like if you like if you're going to allow the cares of this world or the distractions i.e a family or wife and all those things then it has to be a, a like a good enough person or reason because you could be doing God's work instead. And right. it's like if you understand your calling and what God wants you to do on this earth, that makes it a lot easier to abstain, you know, from sex because you got work to do, you got mission, you got purpose. Versus the people that you know probably just going through the motions or just have a job that they really don't like you know, waiting for the weekend. It's kind of like that sex is like the ultimate feel good, pleasurable moment on this earth. So I'm trying to get that right then and now, but if you have a mission and the purpose that God designed us to do, then is you, your priorities are aligned in a different way to the point where it's like, okay, I necessarily don't need that because if I'm going to, you know, court a man or talk to a woman per per se, I don't want that to be a distraction because I have a mission and calling that God has me to do. Right. And I think that also will help with uh some of the, the, the pain, you know, and some of the, the heart, cause it's, it's not easy. I, I think a lot of uh, the misconception, even when following God, that it's just like this happy go lucky, just, you know, skip down, right. you know, the road <laughs> kind of trail where it's like, nah, like you have to die to your flesh every day.
0: That's right it's I mean, I think that sex can become very addictive just just the feeling of sex and there's all kinds of you know different things like to get through that you you basically have to keep your mission every day you have to stay disciplined, you need a schedule and you know a lot of guys will hear this and women and go, but what's the purpose? the purpose is the greater good yeah like if the two of you can do this, For your relationship, imagine when you are together and you have your first fight. Instead of blaming your partner, you're going to remember what an incredible, like this person chose not to have sex with you so they could get a deeper relation, connection with you. And it's not going to come back that you wanted sex the first night and we had sex and then you just used me or the other things couples say. And you will have a fight. So I think keeping in mind why you're doing this.
1: Ooh, I have a very, very kind of controversial question. Okay. In sense. Yeah. Do you feel or do you think that it is synonymous? Like for people that could be, like I say, in a committed relationship, that they have sex outside of marriage, that they are capable of doing the same in marriage because they're having sex outside of marriage, even though they're married to that person, mm-hmm. if that makes sense.
0: So so you mean that that if they were having an extramarital affair, Mm -hmm. would they be able to stop that same?
1: It's more so like you have a you have a couple that abstained from sex that made into marriage. Mm -hmm. Then you have a couple that had sex, but still made it to marriage in a sense that, you know, they had sex outside of marriage. Do you think that's still kind of like saying, hey, you know. I'm a person that is capable of having sex outside of marriage, even though they may be married.
0: Yeah, mm. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I. Um, that's a really good question. And I'm not sure how I would answer that. I think when a guy, and I'm going with a guy because I've talked with guys who have felt this way, they, the guys who have chosen not to have sex until they got married they told me that when they ended up getting married, they always felt stronger and more like a man because they never, they never broke that commitment to their partner or to them that they would, that they would stay faithful. Mm -hmm. Like they stayed faithful to God's word. They waited until they were married. And they did tell me, now I do know this, the first year of marriage is difficult for those guys and women that abstain from having sex till after married, because they learn each other's style. And learning how to love your partner sexually takes time. Mm-hmm. You get better as the time goes on. Yeah. So that is one struggle. But that, that too, worked to make them stronger.
1: Mm-hmm. What about the couples uh, that, that are listening right now mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe feel some kind of conviction or, like, man, we shouldn't be having sex anymore? Do, do you, like, what kind of advice that you kind of give to them? Like, should they continue on doing what they're doing or should they have a sit-down discussion, kind of talk about it? Should we kind of, like, wait it out or is it based on a case-by-case basis? Because I know... There's some people, even personally, I know right now that are having sex that, you know, honestly claim to be Christians. So it's kind of like they should have some kind of conviction to it where it's like, maybe I need to stop this. And it's kind of like, you know, what what should that kind of couple do in a sense?
0: Well, I think talking about it and being honest about your intentions. There's a lot of people living together, having sex, and they say it's okay because they're monogamous with each other. And they're and they're just you know this feels good it feels right they're making love with each other but when you sit down and you talk about where are we going and what is this relationship like if you're going to be my husband or wife, why aren't we married? we're playing house we're sharing a living space then then why haven't we committed to a higher form of of Taking a do you feel
1: like that conversation is going to come up like regardless? I feel like that conversation is eventually going to come up.
0: Well, usually one of the partners will bring it up, but it, that partner also is full of resentment. And many times that's what ruins the relationship after they do get married. So I think before you ever move in or anything else, you should talk to each other about this. Like, what is our role? What are we doing? You know, we're having sex, but yet... You don't want to commit to marriage. You don't want to get married. Look, what's wrong with this? Mm-hmm. Are you still shopping? See, I automatically think when people aren't committed to to, re- to a relationship, but yet they're having sex and living together, I just think that's odd. Mm-hmm. I think they're still shopping.
1: Yeah. In a sense. It, that's
0: yeah. Well, that's what I would be I, doing. I hear you. I mean, if I were just living with someone and having sex with them and basically... There's no, there's no other commitment to them. If they go to the hospital, I can't really go in and see them. Yeah. Then what are we doing? Yeah. We can't even really say we're loving each other because you're really not when that person's gonna really need you. Mm.
1: Whew. And I, I mean, I, I, I hear you. You speak in fact. You speak in heat. Um, I think that, that even, even kind of going back to the earlier conversation, I believe that. Women can accept the role of following a man that is purposely abstaining to not have sex with you. Mm-hmm. So it kind of works in in congruent and together, where it's kind of like, I can see how if they're shacking up, having sex, you know, doing all the marital stuff that they're doing, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, now you call me to like submit to you, but also you didn't abstain from you know having right. sex with me, you know. Right. I, I can see where there's a lot of confusion, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of resentment, and mm-hmm. I think ultimately kind of destroys the relationships. Do for for men that want women to have that submissive role, and for women to want a man that they can, you know, follow that they can that they are proud of that they want to be by their side that they really want that leader. You know, do you feel like it's critical for them to abstain from sex to really? have that that role displayed uh, in their marriage and kind of how design like God I, designed it to be. Yeah,
0: I can't really s- say that for all people because I think I don't think there's any measurement mm. of what of would that be more helpful for their marriage or not. I will say that as a woman, if I if I'm with someone and I really care about them, and yet they don't keep sex sex sacred, we're just kind of shacking up, then they are putting me at risk. Because if we have a child, I have to bear that child, and I have no commitment from them at all. And, you know, basically, I'm going to raise a child on my own. And how, if that that father is nowhere in sight, how am I going to possibly tell this child what a great dad they have? Mm. Well, number one, I wouldn't think they had a great dad because if they really had a great dad, they would have taken care of that child's mother. Mm. And that meant protect her and lay down his life for her. Yeah. So you can't play it both ways. Like you said, if you're going to follow what the Bible says and you want a woman who's going to be on your side and completely committed to you, then you have to completely commit to her. Mm. And you have to start with a with a something they can follow, like a respectful, you know, I, be honorable I, I th- way.
1: I think is is a is a very critical part that makes you stand out from other men and believers. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's kind of like how else would she know? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I mean, obviously she has a, you know, God and spiritual, you know, connection wisdom discernment things like that you know but you know for her own eyes like this man you know committed you know to not doing this with me you know i think Mm -hmm. is the ultimate sign of just like of leadership in a sense Mm -hmm. of serving because i'm sure you know i mean i'd be the first one to tell you i I know men's going to want to have sex with you Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like you have to this guy is you know every single day sac- like kind of sacrificing that and like you know this is something I desire but for the love and the protection and I feel like what you know also the obedience in the word and what we're called to do as men, I'm going to say no to that and I think if you saying no to that it's only going to want her to it's, it's only going to make her want you more in a sense
0: oh absolutely and and the fact that he still treats you with respect like he's not making you feel bad because you're because you're he he's choosing not to have sex till after marriage or engagement or whatever he's he's still there for you he's protecting you he's still he's still your man yeah your partner exactly but, but the two and you didn't you have, have sex with him yeah, yeah right yeah, yeah so you know he didn't he's he wasn't using you I mean, a man like that is rare and a man like that totally stands out. Yeah. I don't know one person that wouldn't be like, wow.
1: Yeah, yeah. And to mm-hmm. me, to me it's like it's it's like most of the men that want these women to treat them a certain way, mm-hmm. court them a certain way, um, you know, really really be on their side, you know, as that mm-hmm. as the helper, I think you have to first it's not necessarily like earn it. Is more so display of why you deserve that from her. Right. And I think one of the key ways is from abstaining from sex because, you know, I think that's like a a huge way for her to see, like, okay, this guy is, he cares about me um, way like differently versus of just trying to have Mm -hmm. sex with me. And I think that's a clear cut, you know, kind of view of that. And I think that men can really, kind of get what they desire from women. And Mm -hmm. I think women can get what they desire from men. And honestly, that's how God designed it to be. Right. So it's kind of like, you know, if we want the best opportunity and the best relationship for ourselves, you know, follow these guidelines and principles. And then I, you know, I think you, like you said, as long as you keep God at the center of it, I think we can really start seeing, you know, marriages and families thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, like I said, I think it's just those godly-based principles of, of a healthy, godly man and a healthy, godly woman create healthy, godly kids. And I think that it's something where uh, we can also display in relationships really the gospel. That's what marriage is mm-hmm. supposed to be, just kind of a reflection of how, you know, Jesus loves the world. So, you know, I think that's something where... um it, it where it comes really comes down to like mm-hmm. it's it's sacrificed on both ends yes and, and understanding of the roles and responsibilities on both ends for for us to come together to get what we truly want and desire does mm-hmm. that make sense
0: it makes total sense and i i really i think that's exactly what it is chris and honestly i i couldn't have said it better i think you have to find a partner though that aligns with where you are in your spiritual and and basically your your intentions for going forward, because if you don't align on that, then everything's going to be a struggle. And
1: a hundred percent. Is there anything that uh you want to add or um ask of me um before we wrap things up? I know uh we've been here for a while now and yeah. we can always do part yeah, two yeah I know I know <laughs> we'll
0: have to do part two 100%. to wrap up stuff because I and there's just so many topics like the need for space and the need for you know talking about um femininity and and what it what it means to be a woman and you know I think Talking about masculinity, what does that mean? And I think we can do part two on that. That could be part yeah, two. Yeah, that it, would be fantastic. We can do biblical,
1: biblical femininity mm-hmm. and biblical fe- masculinity. Or, or mm-hmm. like, what does that look like? Even for the world perspective, I promise you, there's a lot of overlap, too. Yeah, so yeah. So there's a whole a, lot of overlap. Oh,
0: right. And I think the psychological component, because some of the things that I'm always, I'm, I'm always looking for different words to use because I don't ever want to make it look Like one partner is controlling the other. That's Mm -hmm. so important because nobody would willingly go into a relationship and love someone if they felt they had to be controlled by them to be okay. Yeah, there, and, yeah, that I yeah. think that's
1: a, a huge misconception. Right. Like there's there's like the marriages I see in the church I go to, these men are not controlling their wives. Right. These I men.
0: that's right. marriage to me, it frees you. Yes. When when I got married, people would always say, "Oh my god, I can't believe you're doing that." So cuz I was 20. They're like, "You're going to be so tied down." Let me tell you, I have never been freer. Wow. It took away all the pressure of people hitting on me or dating or worrying about that and all really i have to focus on is keeping god in the relationship and doing doing the very best i can to make the relationship thrive which benefits my husband it's mm. in in line with my belief system i got a
1: personal question Mary mm-hmm. jo. Like yeah. for the for the couples and the marriages that you mm-hmm. you witness and you see and do you, for those successful ones, are mm-hmm. they under the local church, or like 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 how can I put this? Are they in a system of accountability like the local church that makes the marriages successful, or is more so kind of like? They sat down, they communicated, they kind of agreed upon things, and things are working out in a sense.
0: I have both because I have a lot of different culture friends and clients. But remember, the clients I see, their marriage isn't working. So for many of those, what I've seen a lot of is they talked the talk of the church, but they didn't follow through with the walk.
1: What do you mean? We'll break that down. Okay,
0: so what that meant is they uh, many of them know scripture forward and backwards, but they never applied what it would look like in their life and they never followed through with it. Mm -hmm. They never did the hard work. They let a lot of things slide and they just swept it under the rug. Are That's, you talking
1: about like personal relationship with God? Or are you talking about the, like the marriage as a whole?
0: The, I'm talking about what their personal relationship was and what they brought to the, to, to the relationship. Like they'll say things like we go to church every Sunday and we do this and this. But yet when they talk to each other, they're rude. They're caustic. They're mean. They don't. They're not trying to support each other. One of them is cheated. Um, you know, the other one is broken, feels lonely, living alone. That's a very common problem. They stop communicating. They're going different directions. So there's like no unifying. Whatever they got from the church, they didn't implement it. Mm-hmm. Because you can go to church every Sunday, you know. Thanks. But unless you do the hard work, and it is hard. yeah. When you are a believer, you have to... You really suffer because you see the truth about yourself, your own failings, And that's why in a relationship, you're already vulnerable. Yeah. I think we entering a relationship because, you know, in the face of God, you have failed many times. You need forgiveness. Yeah. So I think everybody should enter their relationship being very forgiving mm. of their partner. Because yeah. God knows we need to extend grace to each other all the time.
1: Wow, it it crazy, it crazy how it, it it brings me back to repentance because mm-hmm. for for you or for me for anybody to really understand forgiveness and actually practice that, it's kind of like you have to understand repentance. Oh, And yes. you got to understand your position before God and understand that you're not perfect and you need you know like you said you need a savior, you need forgiveness, um, and I think that's a lot of truth in that where you know even in society, it's kind of like a known stereotype with with Mm -hmm. Christians. It's like, you can say you're Christians, you can go to church, but you're not actually walking the walk. You know, and a lot of that stuff, even, you know, a lot of that stuff mainly is with sexual sin, but a lot of that stuff is also just how their character and behaviors, Mm -hmm. in, in a sense, and how they probably run to things instead of running to God. And it's like, if you never truly practice it, personally when you get married and just because you made a covenant or just say like yeah death do its part is necessarily not going to show up because you haven't practiced it and i do think that you must practice it in order to have a successful relationship because like you said forgiveness is huge it's key Mm -hmm. you know in in the relationship um and i think that if people haven't done it it's going to be extremely hard once they do it when they find a a marriage that's right
0: You you've got to forgive all the time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, so yeah, I I I can definitely. Um, I think that's a huge. You know, even even when even I saw in of myself, mm-hmm. where I was just like, you know, like people can see and identify you as a Christian, but are your actions any differently than what the world is? That's right. So that's where that's where I had to come to grips at, you know, and that's why I found a lot of freedom at because I think that's the whole point of the gospel and repentance anyway mm-hmm. you know so <clears throat> mary joe i appreciate the conversation I well think this was thank a, you this was beautiful i
0: i do want to say one of the things that stood out to me when i first met you and hafiz which is part of the reason i i just always have been so grateful to be a guest is you guys stood out as christians to me you did little things like the way you talked it, You you never have cussed. You walked me to my car. <laughs> you made sure I was always safe. You um you just treated me with such great respect. And Chris, I really appreciate that. It stands out. I mean, it's not the norm. Mm. So Thank I, you for it's that. Just, Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm trying my best out here well let me tell you 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 have accomplished it (laughs) I
1: appreciate it I appreciate it uh for those who want to reach out to you ask you any questions say thank you Where can they find
0: well I'm on Instagram and everything's Mary Jo Rapini I also have a website Mary Jo Rapini and I have a YouTube channel that I always link these broadcasts with because Mm -hmm. um I just think the most of being on with Chris and Mm -hmm. you know
1: Appreciate you, Mary yeah. Jo. I'm telling you, you know we're gonna do part two again. Yes. So we so definitely make sure y'all uh look out and watch out for that. Make sure y'all reach out to Mary Joe, say thank you, ask her any questions. She's a fantastic, phenomenal woman. Also a great mm. friend of mine, honestly, yeah. you know. So I'm blessed to have her in my life as well. So without further ado, my name is Chris and I am joined by
0: Mary Joe Raptini.
1: And we are the roommates, and we'll see you all next week. Shout out. Bro! <laughs> <laughs>